think well on it, or Reflections on the Great Truths of the Christian Religion for Every Day of the Month, by Bishop Richard Challoner. Eleventh Day, on the General Judgment. Consider first that immediately after the resurrection of the dead, all mankind shall be assembled together in the place designed for the Last Judgment, commonly believed to be the Valley of Jehoshaphat, near Jerusalem, in sight of the Mount Olivets and Cavalry, where our Lord herefore shed his blood for our redemption. Oh, what a sight it will be to behold all the children of Adam, that innumerable multitude of all nations, ages, and degrees, standing together without any distinction, as now between rich and poor, great or little, master or servant, monarch or subject, expecting only the distinction of good and bad, which shall be wonderful and eternal. Alas, how mean a figure will an Alexander, a Caesar, or any of those great heroes of antiquity, whose very name has made whole nations tremble, then make. Those mighty monarchs, who once had the world at their beck, are now on a level with the meanest of their slaves, and would wish a thousand times never to have borne the scepter, nor worn the diadem. Consider, secondly, that the dead being assembled together, the great judge shall descend from heaven with great glory and majesty, environed by his heavenly courtiers, and the whole legions of angels. Oh, how different from his first coming will his second appearance be. His first coming was in great meekness and humility, because that was our day, in which he came to redeem us by his mercy. But at his second coming it will be his day, when he shall arm himself with all the terrors of his justice, to revenge upon sinful man the cause of his injured mercy, with a final irrevocable vengeance. Miserable sinners, how will you be able to stand before his face, or endure his wrathful countenance? Ah, then it is you will begin to cry out to the mountains and rocks to fall upon you, and hide you from the wrath of the Lamb, from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. Nay, such a dread and horror will the very sight of the incest judge carry with it, that you will even wish a thousand times to hide your guilty hands in the lowest abyss of hell, rather than endure this dreadful appearance. But all in vain, you must endure it. Consider thirdly, that before the judge shall be born the royal standard of the cross, shining more bright than the sun, to the great comfort of the good, and the unspeakable anguish and confusion of the wicked, for having made so little use of the inestimable benefit of their redemption, here they shall see plainly how much their God has suffered for their salvation, how great has been his love for them, that boundless and unparalleled love which brought him down from his throne of glory and nailed him to the cross. Oh, how will they now condemn their obstinacy and sin, their blindness and ingratitude? Oh, how will this glorious ensign justify in the face of the whole universe the conduct of God and the eternity of hell's torments? For what less than a miserable eternity can be a sufficient punishment for so much obstinacy and evil after such love? Consider fourthly how at the command of the sovereign judge, which shall be instantly obeyed, the servants of God shall be selected from out of the midst of that vast multitude, and placed with honor on his right hand, whilst the wicked and those evil spirits whose parts they have taken shall be driven with ignominy to the left. 
Oh, dreadful and eternal separation, after which these two companies shall never any more meet. And now, my soul, where dost thou expect to stand at that day? In which of these two companies shalt thou be ranked? Thou hast it now at thy opinion. Choose then now that better part, which will never be taken from thee. Fly now from the midst of Babylon. Renounce now the false maxims, corrupt customs, and sinful pleasures of worldlings. Separate thyself from the wicked in time, that thou mayest not be involved in their eternal damnation. Consider fifthly, what will then be the thoughts of the great ones of this world? What fury, envy, bitter anguish, and confusion will then oppress their souls, when they shall see the poor in spirit, the meek and humble, who were so contemptible in their eyes whilst they were here in this mortal life, now honored and exalted in the sight of the universe, and themselves treated with such contempt. Hearken to their complaints, as foretold by the wise man. Wisdom 5. These are they whom heretofore we laughed at, and whom we made the subjects of our scoffs. Senseless wretches as we were, we esteemed their life madness, and their end without honor. See how they are now reckoned among the children of God, and with the saints is their eternal lot. Alas, after all, it is ourselves are the persons that have been mistaken. It is we that have unfortunately run on in the wrong way, and they are truly wise in making a better choice, which afforded them comfort in life, and has now entitled them to endless joys. Consider sickly how much the anguish and confusion of the wicked will be increased at the opening of the books of conscience when the guilt of their whole lives shall be laid open to the public view of the universe. Ah, poor sinner, what will thy thoughts be when those crimes which thou hast committest in the greatest secrecy which thou wouldest not have had known for the world, those admonitions which thou imaginest covered with the obscurity of night and darkness, and which thou didst flatter thyself, thy friends and acquaintances would never know those works of iniquity which perhaps thou couldst not find in thy heart to discover to one person, tied by all laws to a perpetual secrecy, shall all now be exposed in their true colors to the eyes of the whole world, angels and men, good and bad, to thy eternal shame. Ah, Christians, it is now in your power to prevent by a sincere repentance and confession this confusion, which you must otherwise one day suffer.